You're tuning in to Tales from the Desolate Highway, your one-stop shop for the history of post-apocalyptic literature. I'm your host, Nathan Ogloff. Let's fire this bad boy up. Alright, what's been going on with me? Uh, same shit as last week, just chipping away at the novel. Uh, I made top five uses at my gym. I've been trying since July, but something always comes up uh, because of it, but uh, I have it now. I also have a bunch of new listeners from the state, so those of you in Georgia, Tennessee, and Washington State, welcome aboard. You're in for a wild ride. And that one guy in Virginia, or a woman, I don't know who you are, the person that gives me the majority of my listens in the states, thanks for sticking with me. Alright, enough of that. Here's the book, Goslings, A World of Women, written in 1913 by J.D. Beresford. It's another plague, but this time it only targets men. Maybe for all the crap they've given women, am I right, ladies? No, 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 I'm, I'm pretty sure that's not it. Uh, anyway, the book starts with the father of the Gosling family, George, who is reading about a plague that originates in Tibet. He has a feeling the shit is about to hit the fan when... So, so he starts stockpiling uh, on goods. And indeed, he's right. The plague starts to hit China, then Russia, then mainland Europe. At this point, the English aren't worried because they think the plague affects only poor people. At this point, a new character enters. A friend of the family named Jasper Thrall writes a letter that he's coming back. He's been in Eastern Europe and he says that this plague is real and it's a big deal. He wants to stay with them when he comes back, but during his time away, the goslings went from lower to middle class. So they think they are too good for him now, arrogant pricks. Well, that doesn't discourage Jasper from doing his next thing, which is staying with his friend Gurney, a journalist. He says they have to go to the papers and let everyone know, but the papers don't care. There is an election coming and they want to force they want to focus on that. Then things change. They start getting cases in Germany. I should mention that Russia has been censoring the actual amount of deaths and the scale of the problem. But that all changes when the Tsar's brother gets it. So now England realizes that yes, upper class people can get the disease. Wow, look at that. Suddenly the papers want to talk about it. Now, here are the symptoms of the disease. You get violent pain in the back of the skull. Then you have relative relief for like two to five hours. Then numbness in the extremities. Then a rapid paralysis. In 24 to 48 hours, you're dead. Sometimes it affects women, but they never die of it. Uh, now, one of the reasons they have a hard time getting rid of it is because the germ mutates too effectively, and it keeps mutating. Uh, and it has a 50-hour gestation period, something that keeps mutating. Gee, wish we didn't have something that pesky lurking around. Alright, look, with plague books, you can expect me to make at least one or two coronavirus jokes. You knew you knew they were coming. So, now that it's widespread, politicians finally say, we need to take this seriously. Jasper's boss gets it. The guy is at a bar. What I mean by Jasper's boss gets it, he means like he gets the disease. Uh, the guy is at a bar talking when his head snaps back in violent pain. People start to flee to America. Nine scientists go to Berlin to investigate the germ, but they never come back. So back to the goslings. George, having stocked up on supplies, is all like, I told you so. But eventually, the water in their cistern runs out and the gas gets cut off. They leave, going south to Putney, break into a house and get rid of the corpse of the previous occupant, who died of starvation. 
they then move everything they can they can carry from their old house into the new one. But George now wants to start indulging in his feet and ankle desires. I stress right now that Beresford had this whole notion that there is uh, so much of our sexual nature that society represses that in a situation like this, these wants and needs we have might uh, come out in full force. It was almost like he was predicting uh, Kinsey almost like 20 years before he started doing those uh, studies, or 10 years, I can't remember, uh, doing those studies on uh, human sexual nature. Well, these desires certainly come out with George. George just leaves and shocks up with the other women, and we never hear from him again. Fucking deadbeat dad. So, I should have mentioned this in the beginning. The Gosling family is in this house in Putney, and that family, at least now, is the daughter's Blanche and Millie and their mom, which I believe she has only ever called Mrs. Gosling. Also, the reason things are starting to fall apart is because the author thinks that women couldn't maintain and provide the upkeep that civilization uh, needs to, well, you know, exist. He thinks that all they can do is shop, which between you and me, ladies, that just isn't true. Uh, let's show JD, Rosie the Riveter, or even... Uh, Sisters are doing it for themselves, that song by Annie Lennox and Aretha Franklin. Let's see him change his mind then. But alas, I digress. Anyway, back to the story. So Blanche and Millie have to head into London proper for supplies. They do come across uh, one woman who is decked out in jewels who calls herself the Empress of the Earth. Obviously, she's lost her effing mind. Uh, this is about two months after the plague first hit. They end up breaking into shops, trying things on, they break into parliament, they break into a gentleman's club. But after a while, they realize what they are doing is morbid. Uh, speaking of morbid, uh, they come across a dog eating dead bodies in a streetcar. Well, London is done, and here the idea is that the feminine spirit of nature is taking out the now feminine spirit of London. They tell their mom that London is done. Their mom is out to lunch. She says... Oh, let's go stay with your uncle in Liverpool. It should be a cheap train ride. No, Mrs. Gosling, there are no trains. It's too far to walk to Liverpool. Our uncle is probably dead. Well, they, they just leave London. Uh, now, here is where we get into the crux of the story. England is a barter economy at this point. They've come across a woman named Sally Grant. They tell her that they'll trade matches for a fresh bottle of milk. She says she's not interested, but the woman down the road might, and this is when we're introduced to Aunt May. At the door to her house, her niece, Allie, greets her. May is taking care of her niece and sister. Her sister is going crazy from the heat. Blanche and Millie say they'd kill for some fresh milk. Well, Aunt May likes her smokes and says if she can have smokes, they can have some fresh milk. The downside to all this is that the daughters can only stay the night. The following morning, and I guess the mom too, uh, May tells them to keep moving but to go past a commune that won't work out in the long run because there is not enough food for the dense population. But before they go, May imparts some positive wisdom that the world is changing and women can do stuff now. I should also mention that women have heavily fallen back on religion at this point. Uh, May's sister is always praying in her bedroom. I do know that Beresford wasn't the most religious person, so he probably had this idea that women were weak and needed the religion uh, for comfort. Anyway, moving on. They move on and are told to go to a place called Marlow. Along the way, they meet a Mrs. Isaacson and 
or not Mrs. Isaacson, just Miss Isaacson. Miss Isaacson and passed by a place called Wycombe. There was a bit of anti-Semitism in this book, because Mrs. Isaacson is Jewish and described as a pampered leech. I don't get it. Why do people hate the Jews? When has it ever been Jewish people? I've never seen an historian say, Oh yeah, in retrospect, it was them. It's never happened, because it's never them. This Wycombe town has a butcher, the only surviving man in the town, and he has a harem, and he wants Millie because she has red hair. Mrs. or Miss Isaacson says she's, she should stay with him because he has no wife. But Millie is like, no, at first. Uh, in Marlowe, Jasper Thrall comes back. Now here's his story from the last time we saw him up to now. He left London with a bike and some tires, got flagged down by a woman along the way. Her name is Eileen. She was the daughter of a duke, but in the town she's living in, she's just a citizen. So this town has started was started by a woman who lived on a farm, but her dad was a drunk, so she was pretty much running it anyway. And her name is Miss Oliver. So Miss Oliver has been teaching other women how to farm. Aside from that, she doesn't have the time to teach other people how to fix the machinery that keeps breaking down, so she has to do it herself. She will occasionally go to neighboring communities and help fix theirs, but she can't stick around. And this is where Jasper finds his niche. He agrees to fix the machinery and train others how how to do it. Uh, so this is where Jasper finds out Blanche is good at engineering and that Millie has a crush on him. But Jasper isn't interested. Now, I think we get the hint that either he's a gentleman and doesn't want to exploit women because some of them are desperate at this point, or if he is indeed asexual and has no interest in them, or if he's demisexual and isn't attracted by raw looks. Either way, he's not interested. So, Millie goes to Wycombe, takes a nap on the road, and when she wakes up, is found by the butcher, an actual butcher, not a nickname for a sadistic torturer. Uh, meanwhile, a religion called the Jenkinites, started by a Miss Jenkins, sprouts up in Marlowe, it is hinted that this happens because some of the people are experiencing a lull in life. Mrs. Isaacson, for example, joins because they think as a community they can do better. But when she gets a heart disease, they send her home against her will. Okay, so guys, I need to retcon something here. Yeah, I know, I do it a lot. If you're wondering where Blanche and Millie's mom is, well, she's dead. She died shortly after reaching the humbler community. Then Millie comes back after um she's been away for a while, and Jasper and Blanche welcome her back in as if nothing really happened. But it's not long before the Jenkinites come knocking on the door, wanting to throw her out for having a good time. Jasper does keep them out. Then, when Miss Isaacson was caught stealing, they cast everyone out, with Miss Isaacson not caring because she liked the idea of being a martyr. Now, Blanche was in denial about what was going on at Wycombe, but Jasper knew what was going on. His logic was that because the world population has fallen, it made sense that the few remaining men should go around spreading their seed. Which, I think some men nowadays, if they found themselves in such a situation, would just revel with glee. Uh, so outside the village, it's winter, and there's flooding that happens. They uh, follow a river course with a boat. The river... Uh, powering the mill to the village. This river has many weirs that prevent flooding on the valley, but they haven't been closed because there are no men around. So Jasper feels like he has to stick around and close them all. Uh, Millie wants to 
do it, but he says that she won't do a good job and wants her to stay at the mill and make sure the mill still generates power. Eileen, who is still in the story, goes with him as he closes the weirs. At this point, it is revealed that Jasper had an interesting, quote-unquote, experience abroad in Australia with a woman. Uh, He was traveling around the world before uh, he returned to England and all this happened. So there he uh, saw how wild they can be, and it kind of put him off to the idea of having a woman for a while. That's why he's not too into any of the women at the village, especially with what he's found them to have become. So they were taking a boat down the river, but then everyone ditches it, finds some bikes, and heads back to the village. I have absolutely no idea why they uh, headed back. Maybe they felt it was the only place they could go, or maybe they'd give them a second chance. I'm I'm really just not sure. But it doesn't matter because they don't stay there uh, long. The author mentions that the village is becoming perverted, essentially, because there is no clear uh, direction to go, unlike in the past, before all this started. He does mention lesbianism, depression, and there is a pregnancy at the village, obviously from a man they managed to find. Uh, Not Jasper, though. At any rate, they decide to get the hell out of there. Uh, They go to the coast, and they see what they think is a cloud on the horizon, but then see it's a steam stack. Everyone races to the nearest port. A UK ship that initially fled to America is coming back. It's called the Bombast and has 1,200 men. Uh, Not people, actual men on this ship. Uh, Some of them are from the UK, uh, having fled on this when the disease came uh, to the UK initially. Uh, But most are not. Most are from the States. So the Americans are surprised to see anyone left in England. The reason the people on the ship were okay was because by the time the plague got to the States, it was less fatal, even though it did mutate to equally affect men and women. Later, more ships come. And that's really how the the book ends, with just more ships coming and everything's going to be fine now. And everything's going to be fine because uh, it ends with this idea that because women were in charge for so long, they are going to hold on to that now. It's going to be different. Women are going to have power and be equals, and sisters will be doing it for themselves, just like that 1980s song. Um, Influences and legacy. Well, there isn't really any. I mean, you do get vibes of The Last Man by Brian K. Vaughn, not the other Last Mans I did. And some other books like The Death of Grass and Earth Abides. Also, this whole genre or trope of men going away and specifically gender issues does happen in the 60s and 70s wave of feminism. For example, there was a book published in 1961 by John Wyndham called Consider Her Ways and Others. But that's pretty much it. I'll be honest, not all these books have a huge lasting impact. Sometimes they just fade into the the annals of history until they're uncovered by people like me doing an informative podcast. Uh, At least I hope it's informative. I don't know. Uh, I will say one last thing. Uh, There have been some diseases that do target gender, but it's based on cultural norms, not a disease targeting the actual gender. So, for example, in some African societies, the men will get afflicted by a disease and not the women because it is the men who go out, hunt, and come into contact with an animal that has said disease. And the women just have to stick by and take care of them. But because the women can distance themselves more from the the disease, they don't get as affected. 
Uh, so basically, if the roles were reversed, it'd be the women getting it first and the men not being as affected. So fellas, relax. There is no gender-targeting disease coming for us anytime soon. Anyway, that's this week's book, Goslings, A World of Women by J.D. Beresford. Next time on Tales from the Desolate Highway, I talk about Darkness and Dawn. An enormous chasm has been created on Earth, resulting in a second moon. Did somebody predict crew with me? I guess we'll have to find out. You've been listening to another episode of Tales from the Desolate Highway. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at UnusualAuthor and Instagram at UnconventionalAuthor. As always, thanks for tuning in.